You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and I am really excited to be rejoined today by Michelle Thielen, the founder of Yoga Faith and recently the author of the book, Exit Wilderness. Michelle is a friend and encourager of mine, a friend of Rua Space. Many of you may remember her from our podcast episode a number of months ago where we discussed yoga from a Christian perspective. And she is back with us today to discuss her new book about going through and exiting these times in our life when we feel like there's no way out, when we're isolated, when we might be depressed, when we are just experiencing these times of life where we're not sure if we can go on or if we want to go on, where we may have bought into the lies and whether the wilderness is of our own making or someone else's making. In this book, Michelle lays out a roadmap based on 2 Chronicles 20 and the experience of Jehoshaphat and her own life experience that can invite us into this greater life that God has for us, ways to really grasp the truths and the promises that God has for us. So in this episode, she takes us into her own story a little bit, as well as real practices to help us in these times, such as fasting, the importance of vocalizing, of literally saying out loud the promises and truths of God. We discuss the centrality of worship and praise in this journey of life and so much more. Friends, whether you are exiting a wilderness currently, whether you've been in one in your past, maybe you're in one right now and you're struggling to see what tomorrow may bring or how to even get out of bed today, or maybe you have a wilderness coming up that you don't even know about. My hope and prayer is that something in this discussion blesses you, challenges you, encourages you. And then I definitely encourage you to go check out Michelle's book, Exit Wilderness, which you can find at the link below, because we only begin to enter into this discussion and all of the blessing that is found in this book. Now, one final comment about the recording. I haven't done a lot of these interviews over Zoom, and it appears that it was not picking up my mic completely correctly, so it isn't as clear and crisp as I would have preferred. So I apologize, you can still hear everything okay, but it is not fully up to the standard that we are used to here at Rua Space. So again, I apologize for that, but even through that, friends, I pray that you find something in here that is blessing, that is a challenge, that it is encouragement, that helps you find just a little bit of light in whatever wilderness you may find yourself in. Michelle, welcome back to the Rua Space Podcast. This is so exciting. I'm so excited and honored and just elated to be here. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Exit Wilderness is a book that I was privileged to read a couple chapters many months before it came out. And uh, then I waited with great anticipation for the physical copy to arrive and it did not disappoint. So thank you for writing this book. And uh, mm -hmm. I think there are so many directions that we could go. And uh, I just want to let people know you absolutely should go and pick up the book because we're only going to be able to scratch the surface uh, right here. And there's so much much good stuff in it. 
But to sort of enter into this book, Exit Wilderness, can you just talk a little bit about what you mean by wilderness and what your wilderness experience has been? Yes, yes. Well, that is the subtitle, uh, a roadmap out, right? A roadmap out of depression and hopelessness. And I know that, you know, all of us have a wilderness of some sort. And I talk about a time when I literally got lost in the forest with my mom in the book. But uh, later on in life, it wasn't such a lost with mom type of wilderness. It was, um, you know, for in my case, it was through self-inflicted wounds. And, you know, whether whether it's self-inflicted or whether it's just um, the cards that life hands us, you know, it's, it's really difficult. Life can be really difficult and really seem impossible. So just through a series of events that um, I'm not proud of, it was a dark time in my life. Um, and, and that all leads to shame, right? So hopelessness, I say, is because it's isolation, it is the most dangerous place you can be in the world. And we're we're having this conversation during a pandemic and the enemy wants nothing more than for us to be isolated. And so it's really important even through this time in our lives to connect, even if that's virtually, uh, but friends and family, it's really important to connect. And for me, that isolation was a, a deep, fast downward spiral of becoming more and more isolated, becoming more and more disconnected. And, and, you know, sin, causes destruction, period, right? So sin had caused destruction. I was in isolation, but I was also in shame. So I had this great shame over me, you know, from committing, a, you know, having an affair, committing adultery, uh, losing my job, feeling like a failure, losing my identity, really. Uh, the girl that I talk about in this book is myself, but she's a totally different person. Um, and through this deep, dark depression that lasted almost three years, I wanted to help save someone else's life, even if that's one person. Um, because, you know, I had been, I was so lost in this wilderness. And again, it wasn't, it wasn't when I was little, you know, holding my mom's hand in the forest. It was a really dark place where the lies were spinning in my head. And, you know, I was convinced that the world would really be a better place without me. I was convinced you know, to take my own life. And I, I talk about that in the way that, um, you know, God got me out of that. I love that you mentioned in there, the idea that wilderness can come about sometimes because of something we've done, but also sometimes because of just life and the world. And we can find ourselves in this dry, desolate, desert place. And so I, I am very interested in talking about some of the ways you talk about getting out of that wilderness. But first, can you share some of what you learned while in the wilderness? Because we see, for example, after Jesus, after the Holy Spirit descends on him, he with intentionality goes to the wilderness. So there's also this sense of don't just exit the wilderness and forget about it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's the whole deal. These wilderness lessons, they're throughout the book. And we do keep going over and over the same mountain or around the same mountain over and over, however you want to look at it until we get the lesson, until it's like, okay, God, I hear what you're saying. You know, if you ever feel like you've 
not hit the pause button, but you've hit the stop button. I think that this time in the world and pandemic has done just that where God has sat us down. And that's exactly what he did for me. So I had to really learn some really tough lessons and I had to really completely surrender. And that's where it all begins is that complete surrender. And I had a lot of pride and I had a lot of um, the wrong kind of selfishness. I, I just had a pretty self-centered life. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned the affair. I mentioned just all of this stuff that led to my wilderness. And, you know, I caused this destruction on my own, which caused a deeper wilderness, a darker wilderness. And, and we have to remember that in the wilderness, the Holy Spirit was there, but so was the enemy, right? Satan was there as well, but the Holy Spirit was there. And I can attest to that because when I actually went to swallow some pills, I, I heard from the enemy. I heard that I'm never going to laugh again, never wear these cute clothes again. Cause you know, I chose my master closet and then I opened the doors. I, I went to go do it. And the Holy spirit, just as you and I were talking, he said, you're going to kill your mom with a broken heart if you do this. And, and those two voices in my wilderness were very clear. So we always have a choice. So complete surrender, choose life, choose to listen to the life. We call that life force in, in yoga faith, right? That prana, that life force, that Holy spirit, that is our life force. So listen to that, choose that. Um, also just, you know, we can't do anything unless we get to that complete surrender. And then God had me forgive. You know, I had some soul ties. I had people to forgive. Um, I walk you through that, how the Holy spirit personally, um, finally broke those soul ties off my life, which was actually the thing that was holding me down for those three years. So I want to help people, uh, save time, save heartache as well as, um, I, I want them to, you know, be able to save their life. Honestly, this is how dark it can, it can be. And I was trying to say that in a light way, but there, you know, when you're, when you're in your wilderness, it really does feel like you're buried in quicksand. So, uh, you know, you're just, you're, it just feels hopeless. You feel like you can't come back up. There is no hope. And so I, I want to breathe life into people and give them hope again, because there's, there's always hope, but we have these feelings. We're made with feelings and emotions, and there's a place in the wilderness where it feels like you can't get back up. And God also had me open scripture, and you have to know that I was mad at God. I didn't want to read the word, and he, he got me to open my Bible, and then his Holy Spirit spoke. Um, you know, wilderness lessons, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. His spirit spoke to read the word out loud. And that changed my whole life forever. Yeah. You know, one of the things you mentioned with the moment when you went into the closet and you heard these two different voices, you know, I think one of the most difficult things I've experienced in wilderness or when I feel like there's no way out and I'm surrounded is knowing how to distinguish the voices and which one is true, right? Because those ones speaking the lies, part of the reason it's the wilderness is at least for me somewhat, because I've opened to believing those voices that say that there's no point, right? Or it's my fault that God can't love me and yeah. I'm too far, whatever it is. So how did you sort of begin to distinguish? Because we all have a, a internal dialogue 
right? And I think sometimes we think that our internal dialogue is just of our own making, but I actually have grown to think that our internal dialogue is not just a um, closed off box that has no outside influence. I actually think, like you said, that there are other voices speaking in. And I think one of those voices is the Holy Spirit. So how did you go about discerning to say, oh, that, that voice is true and that one is false? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that, you know, because God says we all have eternity in our hearts and we we all have a compass. And my compass was very broken, but I knew right from wrong. I knew life from death, right? I knew that committing that act was not the right choice. Hmm. Deep down in my soul, right? When the Holy Spirit said I was going to kill my mom with a broken heart, it was like a lightning bolt went through the bottom of my feet all the way up to my head and it sobered me up for the first time in three years. And I knew that I knew that that was not the answer. So I think inevitably we do have a compass. Do we, do we listen to it? Do we pay attention to it? You know, we, we use it every day. It's working, you know, in yoga, they call this (laughs) brow chakra, the third eye. And I'm like, no, it's like the Holy spirit intuition. Mm -hmm. It's in all of us where we feel or we know, we discern, we have this discern. And I honestly, to this day, you know, pray, you know, give me a spirit of discernment, you know, because in, in what we do feel, you know, both of us, it's, yeah, there's a lot of things that come as light. There's a lot of things that look good, that sound good, right? All paths lead to God. Well, it sounds really good. But is it true, you know, and there's things that sound really good and we have to pray for a spirit of discernment, especially in these times of, you know, political unrest and racial tensions and, you know, religious freedoms trying to be stripped away. We have to pray for a spirit of discernment. So one of the things that I really deeply appreciate about your book is you know, I get to read a lot. It's a blessing. And uh, I sometimes read things really that are helpful and sometimes that are not so helpful. And one of the dangers always in a book like this is to just tell a story, but not really give enough real actionable, practical steps that people can take, right? It can sort of stay at what we would call that 10,000 feet level and give some nice ideas, but have someone who's stuck in darkness still say, I don't know what that means for me. Like, I'm so glad that worked for you, but like, what do I do in my situation? So you lay out some really practical, great steps based on Second Chronicles 20. So can just share that story a little bit, because this is one of those stories that honestly, I mean, I've read the whole Bible, right? But I, I can't just on an instant recall every single story, right? And so this is one that um, I felt like I was reading anew as you were, as you were bringing it forth. And now it's one of my favorites. So, so can you give us a quick synopsis of it? And then we'll sort of talk about some of the real practical steps we learned or that you learned from this story that can really have meaning for all of us. I mean, whether you feel like you're in a wilderness because you got yourself there or because of life circumstance or something that someone else did to you, there's some real steps you can take. Yeah, that's so great. I love that. And I am so glad you feel that way. I I did want to provide a roadmap and you know, when I opened the Bible, I started in Psalms when I was coming out of depression and, you know, God led me to second Chronicles 20 and it was literally my roadmap. So what I put in the book is everything he gave me, right? So number one, when he 
called Jehoshaphat and a very small group of friends to conquer this very large army, vast army. Actually, there were three of them. And, you know, it says that he feared first, first thing he feared. Right. So I dropped the pills and I'm like, okay, now what? I was afraid. I was afraid. Like I had, I had convinced myself. I had chose the date, chose the place, chose the how, like, and then it's like, okay, well now what, you know, so it's a really, um, fearful place to be. I had blown up my whole life for this um, affair and this fantasy just for Satan to say, I lied to you, right? So I do provide the roadmap that God gave me. And it is a step-by-step going through Second Chronicles 20 and knowing that, hey, looking where Jehoshaphat ended up, in walking over bodies when he didn't even lift a finger, taking their plunder and their riches. And it took three days to gather all the stuff. Hey, we're in good company, right? So whatever he did, I want. And it's real. I mean, these people in the Bible are real people. And for those who are listening who don't believe in Christ or biblical figures, like just look at them as characteristics and glean from their characters, right? Um, Especially this amazing character of Jesus in there um, who was always love no matter what. It's a great example. But back to Jehoshaphat, first thing he did was he was afraid and you know, I go through the different steps of what he did. And, you know, God just said, you don't have to move. You don't have to lift a finger. Okay. Well, that's really good news. One, because I don't have any energy, right? I'm pronated flat on my face, which is how yoga faith came to be. Thank you, God. I mean, look, he birthed a ministry in my wilderness and I had no idea back then. Right. So I'm flat on my face, no strength, And it was a posture of complete surrender. It was a posture of humility. And that's where I had to get for God to do the work, right? Because he can't feel something that's already filled. Pun intended, right? (laughs) He can't feel it. Like we have to empty ourselves out for him to fill us. We can't fill an already filled container. It has to be empty for God to come fill. And so I had to empty myself out. I say it all the time, exhale me and inhale you. And I really mean that because I have to, we have to make room for him to work. So in that posture of complete surrender is where God started to really work in me. And I do, uh, every single chapter has the prayers, has the declarations, has some questions for you to ponder, because like you said, you know, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm about to kill myself. Uh, just pray isn't working for me. I need something now. And I, and you know, I, I'm tired of playing church, right? So we get a chance to, to help people in our everyday lives, but then where the rubber meets the road is look, people are truly struggling. Will we be like the character of Jesus and stop and pause and take these divine interruptions in our day to pray, to love, to cast out demons, um, to bind that. In fact, right now in the name of Jesus, I just bind anyone who's uh, listening. I bind that foul spirit of depression and I cast it out in the name of Jesus and that you would breathe Holy Spirit, fresh life, that you would give them a fresh perspective, that they would inhale you, fill themselves up with you, that they would have life and not death, that they would believe the truth and not the lie, that, that their today is looking a whole lot better than their yesterday. And Father, I need them to believe your word and I need them to believe that the best really truly is yet to come no matter what it feels like looks 
like, or their bank account says, Lord God, the best, would you receive it today? The best is yet to come in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we have to, we have to bind that spirit. We have to, we have to do work. It is not a cruise ship. It is a battleship and we have to work at it in casting out demons in protecting our space, wherever that might be a spiritual hedge of protection. Um, it wasn't easy. I mean, for me, I, it started as a whisper. God called me to Psalms and it, it started as a whisper, you know, and, and by the end of that year one, I was shouting at the devil. Some days my throat hurt. I was shouting at the devil, binding up, um, crossing my fingers, hoping that this word that I'm reading out loud, that the Holy Spirit told me to read out loud is really for me because you mentioned it earlier. Like I've done too much. I've sinned too greatly. I, you know, I've, I've had an affair. I have a divorce. I'm like, you know, all the things, you know, and, and Satan will say, you know, God can't use you. God can't use you, but I encourage whoever's listening to this to, it's time to open their mouth. It's time to stop being afraid and, and having shame and guilt and condemnation. That's not of God. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. Yes, but not condemnation. There is no condemnation in him. And it's time for your story to look a little different and to turn people towards God and give him the glory. Don't waste the glory of what God's done in your life. I love how you start preaching there, man, you, you, it's great. It's, we were talking and then bam, you were into it. That's awesome. Um, let's return for a second to that um, proclaiming it out loud component, because mm. I know you stress that in the book and that has not been uh, personally for me, something that I've done a lot of, um, you know, we do like Lexia Devine and those things of reading scripture out yeah. loud, but it's, it's something I want to do more of. And so talk to me about the power and reason of saying the truth of scripture out loud. Phil, it's the most important thing we can do as Christians. Like God loves us to send his word back to him. He loves that, that he's the creator of all. He's the creator of the universe. He created us in his image, which makes us what? Creators, mm -hmm. right? He created the world with spoken word spoken word as Christians, as Christ followers, him living in us, us being in his image, we have the power in our tongue, the power in our tongue to change circumstances, to shift atmospheres, to release demons off the regions we live in. Hallelujah. We have the power in our tongue to do this. So if, if it's not, you know, prayers and declarations. I, I have them written out. You don't, you know, all the brain work's done for somebody who's just like, where do I start? Right. The Bible, open up the Bible and start reading Psalms out loud. That's where he had me start. And if it's somewhere else, you sit and you pray and you have God tell you where to start, but read that word out loud, that scripture, and it will manifest in your life. I promise, because the things that I spoke in the darkness, crossing my fingers, wishing like that genie in a bottle, um, have come to pass. Now I read the word and I say, yes, He's a God of his word. His word doesn't come back void. That came to pass. That came to pass. Everything has come to pass. His promises are yes and amen. All we have to do is speak and create our own worlds. Hey, if the God of the universe created the world, we can create our worlds. And he loves that. He enjoys that. And it's the, it's the most important thing. You know, when we wake up to, to speak it and claim it, maybe it's something out of exit wilderness, um, to claim that 
right? To, to just say, this is, I'm going to set the day, not the day setting me. This is how I'm going to start my day. I'm going to speak over my day. I do it every single day. And I just encourage all of us to, to start doing that, to speak our worlds into existence. It's possible the manifestation out of the life words of our tongue. No doubt. I, I Amen. Because our amen, words Howard, are yeah. powerful and that speaking out the truth part, you know, especially if you have that feeling of being stuck in your head and that negative narrative and maybe even constantly speaking negative things to yourself yes. over and over, even if you're not feeling it at the moment, speaking that truth, using our words, as you said, creates it. But I think it can create it in us. Those words being spoken have so much power, even if in the moment, even if you're having trouble believing it, or even if you're having trouble believing that it's true, I think continuing to proclaim it, um, it, it can come about. And while we're speaking of that truth, one thing that I think is important, and you had mentioned about these people being real people, and Jehoshaphat being surrounded by an enemy, feeling like there's no logical way out, and God saying, basically, go out tomorrow, you're going to have victory, and the battle isn't even yours. How important that is to not feel like we have to have all the control. Like I, it's all on my back. I have to, I, like one of the things I think you're, you are saying in this book is you didn't have to pull yourself out as much as you had to just fall at the feet of God and trust that God could bring you out. Absolutely. Because we Absolutely. don't have the power, right? If you're feeling like it's too much, I don't have the power to get out of whatever I'm in. You're right. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you don't, but there's one yeah. who does. Exactly. So in, in second Chronicles, there's about 30 verses and most of those at every corner Jehoshaphat worshiped, he bowed down, praised and worshiped at every corner. So it's really important to not forget to say, thank you. I talk about that in exit wilderness. Uh, that's common sense, but I think sometimes God does all this stuff for us, or he's just keeping us alive, you know, breath in our lungs. And we just, we simply forget to say thank you. Right. Um, I want to read just at the end of one of the chapters, I just want to read a prayer and declaration. These are included in every single chapter, but it includes one of my favorite prayers. When I was in my wilderness, I, I was praying to God that five years would go by that, you know, I would, I might smile in five years. God, I can't mm. wait for five years to go by. And uh, I, I prayed every day that I am living a life that's unrecognizable because I hated my life. It was dark and dingy and ugly and shameful. And I would just say, I'm living a life that's unrecognizable. And I, and I finally got it in my spirit. The more you speak it, the more you believe it, right? Because mm. I didn't believe any of the stuff I was saying, right? Even scripture. So the prayer at the end of the chapter and this is a uh, chapter 12 called sacred, we sacred weaving. And uh, so this is the prayer it says, father God, I come to you in complete praise for turning my circumstances around right now. It no longer matters how I got here. I only need to know you, the one who can clear a path in my wilderness. I surrender my mess to you. I pray that you turn it into my greatest message. So my message will help others while honoring and glorifying you. I praise you for all these things. Amen. Exclamation point. And then the declaration and every chapter ends with this too. Right now you are turning my circumstances around 
My life is unrecognizable. You protect me. You are my refuge and strong tower. You set my feet on a rock and cause me to be unmovable and unshakable. You are orchestrating every detail of my sacred weaving and sharing your heart with me every step of the way. You care about every detail of my life. Even if I think it's too small, you know each grain of sand and each hair on my head. I enter the secret place with you where you reveal hidden treasures and mysteries. I praise you for such profound wisdom, Lord. It's beyond my wildest imagination. Exclamation point, right? <laughs> and I would just speak these things. And so if, if people are having trouble or like, I don't know where to start with that. I don't feel like that. I don't have any energy. Just whisper, just whisper. I've tried to make it easy, but I know you don't feel like doing anything when you're in the wilderness, not even brushing your teeth. I get it. Nothing, nothing. And I would say to um, accept help. This is a really big one that I wish I would have accepted help. You know, um, community is where healing takes place, but isolation and depression are um, the opposite of that, which the enemy loves. He doesn't want us to be in community. So get plugged back in as soon as possible. Yeah. See, you know, when, when I feel like I've been in a really difficult place, uh, one of the things that I feel like happens is pushing away other people because I know they're speaking truth, but I don't actually want the truth at that moment because I've bought the lies, right? Like I'm listening to those lies oh, and other people yes. are going to speak truth. Like, like you talk about your mom opening the blinds, you got to let the light in. And you're like, you I rather, it's almost in. like you'd almost rather not have her come over because you know, she's going to open the blinds. And you oh, know yeah. that that's true, right? So you want to like push people away, but it's almost like we need those people to make sure yep. that truth is, is being spoken and coming in. Yep. And, you know, she would come and try to get me to go to church or people would call. And, you know, the thing is, is light and dark. They don't like each other. Mm -hmm. They don't like each other. They don't get along. Right. Mm -hmm. And we want to stay in our darkness. Sometimes we get comfortable and we label ourselves in that, right? Some people get very comfortable in their state. And um, that's, a, that's a different book, but another dangerous <laughs> place, you know, of using that as a crutch. You know, one common thread I know from your story as well is, has been the role of fasting, both in exiting your wilderness, but also the role it played in the launching of yoga faith. And I, I think sometimes as Christians, we, we know about something, and therefore we think we have it, but we don't always actually do it, if that makes yeah. sense. So we think, oh yeah, fasting is great. But when we think back to the last time we actually fasted, we go, oh wow, it's been, it's maybe been a few years or something. So talk, talk just for a few minutes about the role fasting has played and, and how that, um, you know, we are called here Rua space, right? Making space for the spirit and fasting is like a literal physical <laughs> making of space. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I look at fasting as really dethroning King's stomach. I think that it makes so many decisions. I mean, you could wake up in the morning and say, you know, what are, what are we going to do for dinner tonight? Like food kind of like directs our entire day. Sometimes like our entire life is based on what we eat, right? We got Thanksgiving coming up, our brains are on like, it's just, it's just dethroning and putting God back on the throne of our lives, putting him in the rightful space. We, um, you know, we fast every January for 21 days. The Daniel fast was found in Daniel chapter one, but you know, one year I was just like, if Jesus fasted 40 days, I'm going to do 40 days. What's, what's 
20 more days, right? Um, but if you fast 21 days in January, and then I like to say first fruit, so like the first weekend of every month, that will add up to 40 days. So mm. just offering that first fruits, or maybe it's, you know, offering the first of whatever, but fasting is one of the most powerful spiritual disciplines. And you combine fasting with prayer and tithing. And those three things are the hundredfold blessing. So people are like, what is a hundredfold blessing? Like, how do I get that? When you combine prayer, fasting, and tithing, what God commands us to do uh, it unblocks, there's three, right? It unblocks uh, each relationship with each of the, the Trinity. Um, it's just so much. I could go on and on about that, but fasting is just incredible. I know you're going to be surprised, but I'm fasting right now for the leader of our uh, country and the protection of religious freedom. And um, yeah, so this, we did a three-day fast. So this will be the end. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to finish it in communion. And uh, it's just, it's just, you know, bringing back the sacredness and the reverence of, you know, if, if Daniel did that and the lions didn't eat him or, you know, we look at these amazing miracles and it's like, wow, the power of fasting, hidden treasures, mysteries. I mentioned the secret place. Um, God took me into the secret place during my wilderness. I talk about that, but, you know, just getting in that, that secret place with God where he can pour his spirit into us again, filling us up with him as opposed to anything else or even ourselves. So fasting, I can't encourage, you know, it's, it's a love hate thing, you know, three days in the Bible is an urgency fast. So we felt that was fitting right now. Mm. Um, so that's just a juice fast or liquid fast. Um, there's all kinds of different fasts. If you have health issues, you want to make sure you, you check with your doctor, but um, fasting in the Bible is abstaining from food. It's not fasting from Facebook. It's not fasting from TV. It's abstaining from food. So again, it's a love hate thing, but it's so powerful. Miracles have happened every time we've done it. Uh, you mentioned yoga faith, yoga faith came out of the fast. Absolutely. Came out of our second fast in 2013 and things are clear. The word is crystal clear. The Holy spirit, you can hear him talking to you. Like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I would still encourage those other types of uh, fast too, fasting For and sure. social media thin, and things too. But yeah, I, that, that clarity piece uh, is, is really big. And it's not like it's earning something from God, but I have discovered that it, it brings a different perspective. It helps us see things. And I, you know, bringing up someone like Daniel, you know, it's, I think sometimes we forget that if it was true to those people, we can trust that it can be true for us too, right? That we don't have to reinvent yeah. the wheel. We can look at what people did in the past and say, well, God is the one who was, is, and is to come. So maybe we can tap in to what people have been doing for thousands of years and trust that yes. the results might follow in a similar manner. Yes, yes. So one other thing that stood out, well, not just one other thing, there's many other things that stood out Thank to me you. was the, the wilderness of saying yes and being on the path, but not quite reaching the promised land of the yes. And so sort of the idea here, and I, I don't know if that was a direct quote or just a, a note I took, but, um, you know, like starting a new thing and saying, hey, I'm on the way out and God has clearly called me to that next space but I still feel like I'm in a wilderness because I know the end, what it's supposed to be, but I'm not there. Like, like David being called to be king, yet Saul is still trying to kill him. So David is like the king. He's the one who's supposed to be it. 
but he doesn't actually get to become king right away. He has to live through this period of time. And sometimes I know you talk about, you know, starting something like Yoga Faith and having no one show up or having one person <laughs> show up. So talk, can you tell us a little bit about that experience and, and how you keep going through, through that time as well and what that might mean and look like? Yeah, and you said it, you know, he's the God who was and is and is to come. And so we look at what he did he pulled me out. He literally, you know, reached down, rolled up his sleeve, pulled me out of the wilderness. And then, you know, I, I was on a, I was on a new pathway. And when you stop looking, when you become whole, you know, I had said, never, I'm never getting married again. You know, Derek walks into my life and, uh, you know, my true soulmate. And we eventually get married and God calls us up to a state where we know not one soul. And it was to build a multiple franchise, you know, massage spa. And meanwhile, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And I kept trying to get these mediocre jobs and I kept trying and trying in my own effort, again, going back to my own strength, mm. which is just nothing but weakness, right? So I fasted, <laughs> I prayed, I fasted. I was going to fast for a job because I was tired of uh, walking out. I literally walked out of so many jobs. I was so frustrated. I was like, I, I just walked out. No two weeks notice. Just like, oh my gosh, like I've never done this in my whole life. This is what college people do. Like <laughs> high school, not, not when you're this old, you don't just walk. And it happened a few times. And so I said, okay, God, you know, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? I'm going to, I'm going to fast for a J-O-B. And, um, so I was fasting and that's when he actually called me to do this Christian yoga thing. Um, so it, it just comes back to trust, right? Because it was, it was another difficult thing, even with a new marriage and all the stuff that goes along with that. And, and just, you know, just everything that God was doing, it was just all these stepping stones. Right. But, but, you know, it's like, it isn't the, the final destination and, and, of course, we don't get there until the other side of heaven, but it's like, you know, when you're in your own strength, because it's like running into brick walls, it really is. And mm -hmm. so it was just, again, complete surrender, stopping, pausing, and then trusting what God spoke. And the faster you can hear him really, really clear. And it was clear that he wanted me to start yoga faith. I didn't want to start yoga faith. I wanted a normal job with a paycheck and health insurance. That's what I was fasting for. And when I heard this crystal clear of yoga faith, I did go kicking and screaming. And then, you know, again, audibly Holy spirit, like don't ask me again, or I'm going to give it to someone else. So that's when I said, yes, that was about a year into it, year and a half into it. And uh, I just, I never looked back and I trusted and I trusted and I trusted. And I knew that his word was true. You know, remember I had, I had, you know, read it from a place of darkness and wishful thinking to a place of light now knowing, okay, he did that. He did that. He rescued me. He did turn my life. Um, it is unimaginable. And today, all the words I spoke, it is unrecognizable. My life is unrecognizable. All these prayers and all these declarations that I included and I read today. Wow. You did that. My life is unrecognizable. I mean, the fact that I get to see the world and preach the gospel and he's allowed a way to earn income and have a life of freedom and a life that points to heaven and a life where the most important thing, salvation and eternity in heaven is what we get to do every day. 
there's, there's no greater, if you would have told me I had this life back then in that wilderness, there's no way I would have believed you. Mm. And so these things that we speak out loud, they're creative. Our words are creative, right? In, and the Bible talks so much about our tongue and edifying and tearing down and the life is in our tongue, which is why we have to be so careful mm. what we talk about, who we talk about, right? Proverbs says that gossip disintegrates friendships. And, you know, I think that's easy to do. So we just have to be really careful what we say. And when we're speaking about exiting our wilderness or creating a life that we want, we speak it, we speak it. And it's just, it's just that, it's just that easy. I mean, it's, it's work, but it's easy. What a testimony. It's a simple word. It's a simple word. Absolutely. What a testimony. And, and again, I would just encourage people again, where, whatever space you may be in, that story has even more to it. And I know that there's aspects of this roadmap. I mean, literally you chart out Second Chronicles 20 each step of the way and what it can look like for someone's life. And so I know you also talk in there about forgiveness and you've got this great practice of breaking bread over the names of our enemies or places. Ooh, that's good, Phil. That's a good part. Talking about losing everything actually being the best and that bad times can be good. So there's so much more for people to explore. But to come to a time of conclusion for here, which hopefully moves people to go deeper with that story, uh, what would be a final word of encouragement or challenge to people in their wilderness right now? Or who might have a wilderness coming up that they don't even know about? Yep, that's true. Just practicing a pause and sitting still with God. I wish I would have done that. You know, it's like driving in a storm where you can't see and you just keep going. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. No, pull over, pause, sit, dwell, and, and be sensitive to his spirit. He's, he doesn't have anything to hide from us. It's just we're just running the opposite direction, not listening. And our worlds are so loud. So I just say, practice a pause or a stop, a complete stop, and sit with him. Talk with him. Commune with him. He desires that. And again, he's going to give you maybe your own personal steps, but he's going to give you the wisdom that will help you. And he's definitely, his Holy Spirit wrote Exit Wilderness through me. But it is so spirit-led and, and he will lead you. The Holy Spirit will lead you out of the wilderness if you allow him to. We have a choice. We always have to go first. In scripture, we see that we go first. Draw near and he draws near, right? Knock and he opens the door. Seek and we will find, right? We, we have to do this action first. God's, God's not running. He's there, always there. So just pursue God and he reveals and he guides and he will help you out of any exit wilderness at any time. He will help you find the nearest exit. Um, I just pray that this book helps people find it faster than three years and saves a life, saves heartache and time, lots of time. Amen to that. 
Michelle, where can people find you? I know this is actually your second book, and we mentioned Yoga Faith very briefly, but uh, where can people find you and where can people go deeper? And, uh, you know, for those of you who didn't listen to our episode on yoga and Christianity, I would highly recommend that because, mm-hmm. again, this is all about the physical practice of worship and experiencing God. So tell us, where can we find you? Absolutely. Thank you. And I was, I was just recalling the ministry birth out of darkness. So I don't want people to forget that, right? You just mentioned postures. The postures all came out of my darkness. Mm. You know, what does flat on your face mean? What does eating dust bunnies mean and, and flat on your back? And that's where it came from. So I don't want anyone to diminish small beginnings and know that your ministry, your greatest miracle and message can come out of this time or if a wilderness is approaching, yeah, it seems to be the theme of life, right? Valleys yes. and mountains. So just having tools uh, to conquer it. But um, you can find me. I'm, I'm on Instagram, michelle.thielen, T-H-I-E-L-E-N. And Yoga Faith is on there as well, just Yoga Faith. And then yogafaith.org, if you are interested in more of the, the postures of prayer and what they mean, they, they do elevate your prayer. Um, there's no right or wrong way to pray, just that you don't stop praying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm on um, michellethielen.com and of course, all the Facebook and everything. If you want to know a little bit more about Exit Wilderness or see what other people are saying that has its own domain at exitwilderness.com. So that's really great. And we'll have a couple free chapters up there soon. And, and uh, of course this interview, thank you, Phil, for having me on here. Really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, and Hey guys, as an added bonus of buying exit wilderness, there's a quote by yours truly right there in the front, which was such an honor. So thank you for that invitation. You know, Michelle, I'm, I'm so grateful that God has brought you and Derek and the yoga faith community into my life and the Rua space community. I know that uh, things are only going to grow from here for God's kingdom. So thank you, God. And thank you as always for your encouragement and for taking the time to come on today. Oh man, I can't say thank you enough. The feeling's all mutual and thank you for being part of Exit Wilderness and love your quote in there. And uh, you've just, you're awesome. And we, we bless your ministry and pray for you and your family. And yes, just know that we know that the best is yet to come. And I'm just excited to be able to witness it. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Amen. Hey friends, Phil here again. Thank you for joining us for this special discussion interview episode with Michelle Thielen. I highly recommend you go and check out the book at the link below, which will be a blessing to you. It will help support Michelle and it supports Rua Space. You can also go check out our previous discussion on Christianity and yoga on the Rua Space podcast. And then finally, friends, if you've been blessed by Rua Space and you desire even more content, I'm excited because we recently opened up our Patreon page. And for just $5 a month, you can help keep this ministry alive, keep the podcast going, help us continue to create lots of free content for people around the world. And on top of it, you get access to exclusive content, live events, giveaways that are coming up, exclusive blog posts, and exclusive podcast episodes. So you can find the link to that at the button below. So friends, wherever you may be today, I pray that you can see the truth of God's love for you, the presence of God in your life, and I pray that God can lead you through and eventually out of whatever wilderness you may find yourself in. Grace and peace be with you.